0: You're listening to Bird Talks, a podcast about life, work, and other insights as told by the women around us.
1: I'm Magdalena. And I am Stephanie, Skyping in from New York, so hence this audio might be shitty. But this week for our first Bird Talks, we're speaking to Natalie John, who is an Emmy-nominated documentary filmmaker who lives in Los Angeles. And I found this super interesting to listen to. She has some amazing insights into how to measure your success when your passion is also your work and not necessarily taking those traditional points of success and applying them to your own life. It was very liberating to listen to it. It's something I want to do for myself.
0: Yeah, for sure. I also really like this thing she was talking about around taking inventory of the things in your life. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think it's something that people often do. They sort of like write down the things they're grateful for. But the way Natalie described it helped put it in a way that felt more achievable. So she was basically saying, like, take note of the things that are in your life and be grateful for them in a way that, you know, I have a successful job. I have lots of friends and family. You know, I get to live in XYZ because we get so preoccupied focusing on things we don't have and I think we don't often like allow ourselves to look at our lives in that lens of like wait actually there's a lot of really good stuff happening here
1: and that we get different things in different ways yes not necessarily all from one person or all from one job there's a million ways that these are giving things to our lives and it's good to take note of that
0: Yes, exactly. Especially um, when you're a single woman as well. We yes. kind of put all our eggs in one basket thing, waiting for that partner. And, you know, they're going to fulfill us in some way. But when you're not in a relationship, you can sort of take note of the people around you and how they kind of fulfill you in the ways that you need. So yeah, that was super interesting. So I think with that, we'll go into the interview with Natalie. She starts off the talk about... documentary film she made a few years ago with this South African skateboarder talent and it's a really incredible story of how she ended up living with this homeless boy from South Africa living with him in Los Angeles bringing him over here and creating this documentary around him and kind of setting him up for success it's just crazy it's a crazy story and really awesome to listen to so with that here's Natalie Johns Do you remember your first week in LA?
2: Yes. I flew to LA on Christmas Eve. I came here with my dog, Nelson, his a little Boston Terrier, and Talent, who was the young kid skateboarder from South Africa. I'd just been in South Africa, shot the first five days, like backstory of a film I was starting with him, and brought him over to the state. He was in New York with me for a week, and then we packed up my house and moved out here because I was going to do the film with him. How was it being here with talent? Well, that was the craziest part of it all. With the project I'd been sort of brewing for a year and a half. I'd been sort of putting it together, finding funding, finding mentors, finding people within the skate world to support the project. And basically it had come about through... A friend of mine from South Africa who knew him and was trying to help him, he was homeless and living on the streets, but he was this amazing skateboarder that everybody had seen, so it was a long process, I was trying to figure out like how I could support him and, and tell his story. I had lots of different ideas of how it would look, like he would stay with somebody else and I would send a team out to film with him occasionally, and mm-hmm. I realised the project needed me to be a lot closer to it, and like if we were going to do it, we'd have to do it together, So. So suddenly there was two of us, like, hanging out. Me and this 19-year-old kid from South Africa had a lot of different clients and projects, and I just sort of said, that's it, I'm going to make this film and change my life and come out here. So it was kind of wild. We lived together for three years. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, my God. I thought this was going to be, like, a week later. That was it. He went back to South Africa. No, we lived. he still lives here. He's still wow. a part of my life. We sort of became... Best friends,
0: brother, sister, mother, son, That's filmmaker, wild.
2: subject.
0: <laughs> was that one that really stood out to you in terms of the relationship you formed and yeah, the journey that you m- embarked? A lot of the stuff
2: that I do, I go into people's lives mm. and sort of spend a little bit of time. Like, but I'd never spend time with with somebody as much as I did with talent. And the film was a way for me to help him. I didn't dive into the project because i wanted to make a film i wanted to be a part of his life and support him and making a film about his journey was a way for me to engage with people and get people into his lives and expose him so it stands out in terms of the most personal thing i
0: ever did do you find that that level of your commitment like really led to it being so successful
2: yeah definitely anybody can have ideas, like the power and the strength is always the people who are able to see it through and that's not even about being like the smartest kid in the room or the most creative in the room, it's about
0: having the stamina because it's so hard. Was there a moment where you were like, am I doing the right thing by taking him out of his world and bringing him into this new one?
2: I mean I don't think there was ever a moment where I thought I was doing the wrong thing by taking him out of the world that he was in because He wanted out. It was also his choice to come. It wasn't me pulling him kicking and screaming and saying, Mm -hmm. you've got to do this. And we sort of made this commitment to each other that we were going to do it. And so it was a long process of getting him a visa to get him out of South Africa because he had no documentation, because he was a kid on the streets with no parents. Mm -hmm. There's nobody to get consent. Point of it was he, he really wanted to do it. And he's had
0: times where he's like, maybe I don't belong here, maybe I don't fit in. Is it you creating a story or you come across somebody that inspires you or somebody tells you, like your friend told you about talent? I think the discipline in anything, like
2: you think about it in design, right? In in any sort of creative art form at all, it's it's a form of expression. There's a theme, there's something, there's an idea that you're trying to get across, right? And so you as a creative person, like always have that kind of in your heart as your sort of, your true north. But for me, what I find in the sort of documentary process is it's as much about me having that idea and that vision and that clarity of vision as it is about me being open and listening, being willing to learn and not being the person who knows it all. And there's a lot of humility that comes into play. I'll go in with a vision, but I, to me, it's like what's speaking back? Am I also open to listen? Am I open to listening to the people around me who are also contributing to the idea? Like you have an idea for a story, and that's great, but it's just never going to go exactly that yeah. way, you know, because there's just too many outside forces, and I think if you get too locked into that, it's a problem. And there's like a beautiful point always when you're making a film, like I think in the shooting process, where suddenly it starts to to speak back to you, you know. You go in and you're just getting to know your subject to start, and there's this kind of like opening up, building of trust that happens, and you know and then looking around and looking for more inspiration looking for more ideas and then there's a moment where you get the call and something's happened and somebody knows like this is important for mm-hmm. you to capture and you capture it and something you never expected mm-hmm. to happen and it sort of comes into play and then it starts to like breathe its own life and so it's almost like you sort of go you create the space and then you just like hold the space for mm-hmm. it to sort of speak back to you.
0: Throughout that process are you still crafting a story or are you now just at a point of gathering and then at the end you sort of see what that story is? I still have an
2: idea of like you know what's important so like for me with talent it starts for me with a question right that I'm trying to answer and the question for me when I first met him was like how do you do this? How do you go from living on the streets to being independent? Mm -hmm. The ideas were kind of coming around as an answer to that question like what are the things you need what are the things you need to be independent it was all those things that i just didn't have answers to and so the ideas were like just one piece at a time figuring that stuff out on the next film that i'm making which is about the criminal justice system you know it was actually about mass incarceration the theme behind that is like you know this what is the human cost of this and like what does the overuse of incarceration really look like in people's lives? How does it affect them? Do we really understand? Can we deconstruct our ideas of mm-hmm. who a criminal is and what they're going through and what, it, what lands you in these spaces and how you get out? Mm-hmm. There's these sort of consistent themes like how did you get here? How are you getting out? Where are you going? How do you get
0: from A to B? How do you change? Mm-hmm. Do you change something? It sounds like just an ongoing therapy session. <laughs> It sounds incredible. Do you think it's changed your relationships, personal relationships?
2: Yeah, I mean I think there's a few things that it's changed. One, because it's been so hard. Like I had to figure out how to be a better person. Because like the stress of it and the like emotional stuff, it's hard to deal with and so you actually have to figure out a way. You have to find a toolkit that will help you sort of manage that stuff and maybe Maybe I needed to find it anyway. Maybe it would have been a kind of journey even if I wasn't doing this work because like, life just gets tougher and tougher. Yeah. You yeah. know I'm about? <laughs> yeah, right? It doesn't get easier. It doesn't get easier, right? Some things get easier. Mm. Some things don't. But you're also always trying to do something bigger and better and greater. You know? You're know, you always pushing the boundaries of like what you think you can do. What I realized was that I was always obsessed with my work and so I had to figure out the balance between work and life yeah. and actually in the process of making the talent film I really started to do that mm. because it was so such an extreme version of the work it was so all-consuming and even when I didn't have a camera or whatever like he was in my life and so I really you had to think about how much time you were spending on something and how much time you were focusing on somebody else or something else versus checking in with yourself and making sure you were good, you had what you need, mm-hmm. you were sleeping and eating, or having some fun and just not completely sacrificing everything uh, for the work. I mean, there's times when you just need to do that, you know. There's times when you just need to buckle down and make a commitment to the work, but there's also this sort of balance. So right. that's the thing that, that changed for me.
0: That's really interesting, and just thinking about this idea of... Every interaction we have with somebody is a reflection of our own thoughts or prejudices. or exactly. it. So then it's hard to make a divide of this is work and this is personal because it's all you. You know, maybe it isn't about saying, oh, I have to stop doing this one thing so I can focus on this other thing. Yeah. And if you let go of those thoughts, like how would things look?
2: So here's another way of looking at that. I agree with you, it's like, I am my work, like I love it, I live up. But maybe it's not about the work as much as it's about the motivation. Here's the difference, right? I think focusing on your own needs and the self-interest, the obsession of the things you want, you know, be they in work or person, like any, any of it can sort of set you off balance like when everything is so sort of turned inwards. And so the motivation to kind of be a little less selfish about things, your motivation is like, it's not so much that you're gonna you have to stop doing work and you have to carve out life for right. personal stuff but it's like you actually have a commitment you want to be in people's lives as well you want to support the people around you yeah. that you love you want to have that time have that connection as much for them as for you where i feel better mm. where my relationships have got better and the things that have changed is instead of it being this sort of obsession about the things i need i want I need to do this for this work this project this is yeah. a project i want to get off the ground i could everything sort of shifted a little bit
0: and so it's like I totally agree is that motivation and if you're saying that that motivation is to change the world or for it to be better be in people's lives that doesn't matter what it, whether it's work or personal exactly
2: it's just like everything is going you know and i feel like you enjoy it a little bit more take care of yourself because the more you can take care of yourself the more you can kind of be a part of other people's lives and take care of a few more things you know the happier you are in the world the more capacity you have to contribute to it When i'm doing a project i always think really early on i forgot what's my measure of success and Mm. more often than not my measure of success is whether i can just get to the finish line think about that because you can you know having these kind of false expectations going in and thinking like i need this film to win an oscar you know it's like what you have to decide what your measure of success is with the talent project my measure of success was not that i finished the film because my focus was always on him
0: My measure of success was whether he could feel independent. I feel like that's such a great way of looking at things. And I'm just thinking it in the context of my own life and Mm -hmm. day job and things like that. But that idea of measure of success, whether it's small or big, I think it's so important because it's so easy to focus on this big picture and you don't know how to get there this big thing that just seems to never arrive, but breaking it down and whether it's like, yeah, something that's just today, what's the measure of yeah. success, or what's the measure of success for this project, yeah. or my relationship with this person yeah. I used to think that everything just sort of happened, like you are who you are, you know yeah. but it's not the case Helen like said that to me once as well, exactly that right. just, everything just happened, like it right. just is it is and it isn't, like uh-huh. you have to you work, yeah. and you change and you evolve, and yeah. you choose to acknowledge things or be open to things and I'm doing um, in the criminal justice film
2: you know there's an interesting format almost for issue based docs. so that that was that the duck with talent was very much like a hero's journey it was a very traditional coming of age story really beautiful kind of superhuman portrait of a person of a young boy at like a point in his life whereas the next film is an issue based and and it's quite sort of common in quite popular these days and there's this specific format and you can almost hit the beat points of that mm-hmm. format and it goes here's the problem this is how it affects society and these are the solutions you can do it that's the sort of broad brushstrokes strokes I think of the formula and it kind of goes against the principles like of everything that I believe in in terms of individual What's the individual measure of success? How do you tailor like something, how do you let something speak back to you? Like that's not putting a box on something and saying this is this is how we fix yeah. this or this is how we solve this. And as soon as you start to do your laundry list of solutions, it's almost like putting something in a box and saying, like totally. here's the one size that's gonna fit all for like this whole issue and all these people's lives and it's like, no it's not about that and and again for me like how do you listen mm-hmm. back to see what something needs how do you sort of tailor things
0: on an individual level anyway i i don't agree somewhere. No, but it, yeah. it, what you're saying is really interesting and, and i'm digesting it because i'm applying it to life and it's so easy to label somebody or say oh well that person's this xyz and that's not what i want in my life but by doing that, it's just it's just closing a door, and you keep closing these doors as you go through. Okay. And I'm just wondering, is it possible to be open, yeah. but in a way that doesn't change your own values or anything like that? Yeah. Isn't our growth about really understanding
2: the complexities of us ourselves, and then having that same understanding for other people? our likes and dislikes mm-hmm. and passions and the things that trigger us through this combination of life experience, like to understand the complexities of ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a way to to do what you're saying, to be open to people and to be accepting and to be understanding. And it's humility, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes with humility, it's like you don't know what's best. I
0: can't deconstruct every single thing that I'm thinking power and move forward I'd be so bogged down with just open questions yeah maybe
2: or would you just be open to more information
0: people talk about empathy as being
2: one of the most powerful tools in moving people around an issue so obviously i'm doing human interest stories i'm taking you into the lived experience of people to try to and sharing people's life stories in the way that you are to mm. you know to um generate empathy and understanding and maybe open people's minds, maybe make people question their perspective. But empathy alone is not enough. Understanding all sides to the discussion and having the discussion being open and sort of being open to criticism and, and open to sort of deconstructing your ideas of what you believe. When you're too fixated on what you believe. You close off these conversations, and you remove some of the potential for critical analysis. And you also stop. You start dividing people further, which is what's happened in mm. this country. Mm-hmm. So, I do you think your, your values are important, uh, and your principles, your belief system is is really important. But I think being open to like learning about other people's viewpoints and seeing how that reflects to you know in relation to what you, and also being okay if it's different. Mm. Not needing somebody whose ideas are different to yours to be yours. Mm-hmm. I think that's what some of the, the biggest challenges are. When you know I'm right, this is the way the world should be. I wish it was different in the world. I wish we didn't need to struggle to grow and to become better human beings. But mm-hmm. we do. It comes back to what we were saying earlier
0: around life. It doesn't get easier.
2: It gets harder. It gets harder. And so like the thing that I'm thinking about these days how can I get stronger? How can I get fitter? How can I get stronger in a mental attitude? How can I let go of things easier? You can't change the world. The only thing you can change is your mind. And that can be the most positive influence that you can have. The experience that's come with these big projects and being in these people's lives and the challenges of them and the reflectiveness that sort of come about as a result of going kind of through the fire with these things. The next thing that I want to do Is to be able to use that to sort of create stories, like original stories. So I want to go. I definitely want to go into the fiction side of things and sort of and start to like paint an image, like a a view of things that that's come as a result or in reaction to this kind of lived experience of telling these stories and being in these people's lives. Like there's a depth of understanding and analysis and thinking and that I'd like to be able to sort of portray in original Mm -hmm. stories that I create. The only way to come through on the other side of this is to put more beauty back into the world. Like I had to look at the darkness of it for a minute and I have to sort of, you know, bring that to light and expose that. But like to balance it out, the next wave has got to be to put more beauty back into the world.
0: And I think that's super important. I was actually talking to somebody about it the other day where, I feel like I don't allow myself to be light because of shitty things. Yeah. Yeah. And people who have maybe a natural energy where they are like I don't know not happy or whatever, just like having a good time, being positive. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people don't react well to that. Yeah. So like, well, you know, why are you so chirpy when yeah. things are shitty? Actually, it takes a lot of strength and courage to be that person. Yeah. And and be in this moment. I want to be happy, and I want mm-hmm. to share that. It's a conscious decision to do that. Yeah, it's hard. And I'm definitely on this cusp of like. I look back in my life, and I feel like up until I was like 17 or 18, I was like so happy-go-lucky. Like it was yeah. really positive, and just nothing matters but in a good way. So you kind yeah. of do things, and then it just flipped. Yeah. And I found it like really hard to even like laugh and stuff like that. It yeah, it got like really really heavy. and yeah. I was like. Fuck, I don't yeah. wanna do that. I wanna yeah. be that light person. Now you have to like work to like, bring it back.
2: Yeah, you do. You, I mean it's interesting because like I, I'm on a cycle of that mm. because especially when I get like deep in a project, just times when it's just it doesn't feel light. And talent used to say it to me, like, why are you so serious about everything? And I'm like, it's fucking serious, it's your life, you know, it's like this is serious stuff. And when I was working on the this, the criminal justice project, there was definitely a moment where I was like, I felt, I actually felt grief, deep, deep waves of grief. There were moments where I just sit at lunch and cry, and it takes a really conscious effort to say like, okay, that's not gonna hold me down. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad thing to feel that stuff. I think mm-hmm. that's the part of being human, right? right. You're seeing the stuff, you're processing it, you're feeling it, and then you're making a decision Okay, well, It's not gonna hold me back. It's not gonna hold me down. Mm-hmm. People would say, like, you've got to take care of yourself, you know, do what do what feels good for you. It's like that's that didn't motivate me enough mm-hmm. to like do it, you know. Like it motivates me if I know that I'm like doing it so that I can do more in the world. You know, go for a run, drink your green juice, make your green juice, like eat mm-hmm. healthy, make sure you sleep more, mm-hmm. drink less. You do have to think about the energy of people around you that you put around you because you can feed off people and some people can suck the life out of you. Yes, Motivating from the right place where it's like, okay, this person is a really, you know, knowing yourself, like this person does not bring out the best in me. You know, like this person sends me into my obsessive place. This person makes me feel so uncomfortable that I over you know I try too hard or you know like watching those energies around you is really
0: important keep energies that feed you this year for the first time I've I started to understand yeah. I always felt it but I never knew what it was but now I I can recognize like oh that's not my energy yeah and I've just fed off that and I have brought mine down to that level yeah that awareness I just never ever had that before yeah
2: I mean that's one of the things I would say that one of the nice things about getting older and life going on. It does get harder. The more you get to know yourself the more you've got the tools to mm-hmm. to support. I mean I have a really nice spiritual Buddhist practice mm-hmm. that's really really wonderful. Like, I've got a book. I'll give you the book. That's yeah, it's really it great. Um, it's called Change of Heart and it's a female Lama who wrote mm-hmm. it. She wrote from the teachings of a, an old Tibetan monk who's long past um his name is Chagduktuku Rinpoche he was he was a badass and he basically <laughs> took the sort of some of the the training of the Bodhisattva, peace training of the Bodhisattva and he sort of adapted it westerners and mm-hmm. so it's a question and answer and that's very sort of deep mm-hmm. thinking it's so that came into my life about four years ago
0: like yeah. coinciding with like a tough time those tough times that allow for this growth and those are where you get the biggest leaps and bounds and I I just went through a a relationship like seven months which ended not long ago and it was the biggest leap of growth personally that I've had in years and it brought in like meditation awareness and it's great but I feel like I'm in a place now where I have all these new things that I'm like okay trying to like get a handle on them but yeah, grateful for that experience because yeah. I wouldn't be here otherwise.
2: I feel like relationships like really start to take a hit on you. Like no matter how long they are,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, as you're getting as you're getting older, it becomes harder and harder to be open and to go through them and to find your way into them. Mm-hmm. You know, totally. I found that I was finding it really difficult to actually just even get into relationships that have been into my late 30s was just like, meh, maybe, yeah. this, maybe I'm done with this stuff. But the thing that I would say is like I turned 40 last year. Mm-hmm. I feel better than I've ever felt mm-hmm. like, because I was scared in the sort of lead up to turning 40. But I turned 40 and I was like, huh, I don't actually, I spent quite a bit of time around then sort of looking at my life and mm-hmm. looking at what I've done and what I what I liked and feeling a lot of gratitude and, mm-hmm. and kind of being pretty okay with everything you know and just being like huh this is not so bad mm-hmm. it's all good and actually why, why do I give such a fuck about this yes. And I've started to feel less like I needed something mm-hmm. and more like I was okay with what I had there's a lot less desire for like gra- grasping at things there's a focus of meeting people and you know trying to get back out into into the world again from a dating perspective and i'm in a new relationship now but um it's still like being okay with with who i am what i am what i've got like kind of finding place of sort of acceptance of that because i think then everything else can come and join when you focus on what you
0: don't have or what you're not Mm -hmm. And Um, and you can't force that everybody says that like you need to be happy with yourself and you know for me it's like I can say oh I feel alone I've traveled a lot I've been single for a really long time I don't really have any family here so I always come back to this idea of like I'm so alone I'm always alone and they're like yeah but you need to like find that fulfillment within yourself there's that awareness but then there's a fear of I need to get to that point because when I'm there, that I can open up, but I can't. So care, i got a really good piece
2: of advice to you that I oh, wish please. somebody had told me when I was here. Yes. Because I suffered a lot from aloneness, and I don't anymore, and I haven't for a long time. Um like everything you think you're missing in your life, you're not, because we just naturally are putting other things to fill. So you think you're missing a partner, mm. but if you really take stock, if you take inventory of all the things, like what does a partner bring to you? Mm. What do they what needs they fulfill? When that partner isn't on your life, you're getting that from three or four or five other people. Mm. and So you have it, you yeah, have everything you need. And I think that's the thing that I, if you take mm. more inventory and more stock, is a combination of like what do you really want knowing what you really want what you really value what you really care about knowing that that's like self knowledge and Mm -hmm. understanding and reflection and then taking stock with what's there it's Mm -hmm. seeing what's there and not what's not there when you focus on what's not there you're not seeing what's there and I think took me so long to realize and I wish somebody had said it to me sooner because I what I found was I was filling in those gaps, you know, maybe maybe feeling alone made me go out and do certain things mm-hmm. and maybe I was filling in those gaps, but really like the most effective tool for getting that feeling out was to really look around and see what I had. Because mm-hmm. when I really looked up and saw what I had, you know, the ability to take care of myself and keep a roof over my head, mm. you know, and have always done that, the ability to travel the world and be independent friends was also connection to family or people or my creativity, which was, you know, people mm. that pe- people respect my creativity and, and want me to contribute. I don't know, the more I looked around and I really took stock, I took inventory when I turned 40 because I was mm. so scared. The one way I could have gone was, Oh God I've spent my whole life working on my career I haven't had I don't have a husband or wife or kids Mm -hmm. and I'm alone I'm 40 and what's gonna happen to me now you know and have I been successful enough I've like worked so hard in my career like should I be further on in my Mm -hmm. career should I should I be more accomplished that's one way of looking at it but instead I was able to like look at it and surrounded by a lot of amazing friends who loved me Mm. to have a roof over my head to have another project sort of coming through the works that was almost done that again I was able to finish Mm. you know which is really an important thing for me that's amazing I don't really get the sort of love yourself stuff I try but Mm. I don't get that as much as I get like starting to know what the things are that I value Mm -hmm. take stock and look at like what I've actually done that's the stuff I wish somebody had told me or sat me down. Yeah. Or like, I wish I had understood that earlier because
1: I don't think we need to feel as alone as we do.